Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the analyst inside cricket looking ahead to the second test match in Adelaide. The day-night affair, of course, where England hope to strike back after losing in Brisbane. And I suppose, Simon Mann, even though there's been no cricket this week, there's been lots of interesting activity behind the scenes on Planet Ashes. Well, plenty of chat on the field during the first test in Brisbane and plenty of chat off the field this week, we had the, the fallout, of course, from Johnny Bairstow and Cameron Bancroft, the, the butting incident at Perth, which came to light at Brisbane. And then subsequently, we've had all the Ben Stokes, Willie Wonty situation. And then leading up to this test match, a, a sort of verbal joust. Well, it, it wasn't between them, but it sort of turned into one because that's the nature of it, these things, between Jimmy Anderson and Steve Smith, Australia's captain, Jimmy Anderson, using his newspaper column to sort of describe Australia as a bully. He says a bully waits until they are in the ascendancy to pounce. That is what Australian teams do. Steve Smith responding in his pre-match press conference today saying, well, when it comes to sledging, Jimmy Anderson is right up there. He remembers the 2010-11 series when Smith was trying to make his way in the game and he said Jimmy Anderson was right at him. He said, admittedly, I wasn't very good in those days. But he said Jimmy Anderson was right at him. Having said that, Anderson has toned it down since that incident with Ravi Jadeja at Trent Bridge. But nevertheless, Steve Smith, happy to bring that up today and say, you know, basically, it's the pot calling the kettle black. I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's what makes the Ashes so special, isn't it? And I, I must admit, I take a slightly dim view of the way Australia dealt with that whole Bairstow incident, you know, only bringing it up in the second innings when they were sort of starting to get on top in the game and and then laughing in the press conference, you know, in a sort of rather facetious way. But I also blame uh, the media for hyping it up as well. I mean, what irritated me slightly was there was a piece on 
the TV yesterday in England, and it was a, a nice little piece about how Middlesex have launched a little kind of indoor cricket capsule at Westfield Shopping Centre in West London, a, an opportunity for kids to come and play cricket, tennis ball cricket. They had a big backdrop of the Lords Media Centre, sort of almost as if they're transporting kids into the Lords Arena, and it was a great thing to see, and it was featured on on the TV news. And then the, the reporter said, well, you know, the trouble is that cricket's got a bad image at the moment because Ben Stokes is still under investigation for his part in a brawl in Bristol. And they showed a picture of Stokes uh, arriving in New Zealand to play cricket. And then they said, and Johnny Bairstow head-butted an Australian player in the bar. Well, I mean, you know, he didn't actually head-butt an Australian player in the bar, but everybody thinks he did now because it's been relayed like that on, on telly. So... I don't know. I mean, it's a shame that that uh, situation has escalated, but hopefully, you know, England can put that to bed now and and get on with the cricket. And I sort of do feel that playing in Adelaide in sort of coolish conditions with the pink ball, especially after their excellent experiences in Edgbaston, 19 wickets in, in the day to knock over West Indies in August, should bode well for England to get back in the series. Well, a couple of things there. Firstly, the Australian media are not backward in coming forward. I think we should say that before we go on. The other thing to say is you're right about the conditions. Very English conditions. We've had lots of rain in Adelaide in the last 24 hours. It's been overcast and cool today. It's a cool evening. And the forecast for the first two days of the game is for it to be cool as well. Very hot earlier in the week. It's almost unbelievable that it could be so cool now. It's 36 degrees on Wednesday and at 18 degrees today. So you you feel that would be to England's advantage, although I would back Australia to bowl well in these conditions as well. They have got three very good bowlers. They've got Nathan Lyon as well. So don't don't just think this we can write off Australia and that, you know it's going to be England holding sway with a pink ball under lights under cloudy conditions. Australia can be very effective in these conditions as well. You feel, though, that it sort of evens up the odds a little bit. England are certainly inferior in terms of pace, and that showed at at Brisbane. But here, where they can use the the movement of the the pink ball under lights, perhaps, to uh, try and take early wickets, maybe the, the, the kookaburra ball will be more use for sort of 20, 25, 30 overs for English-type bowlers, whereas in the Gabba, it was really only of any use for about five or ten overs. So I sort of feel that England's four-pronged seam attack might have a little bit more to say in this test match, and obviously they have to make it count, because if they lose this test, then really they can kiss the ashes goodbye. And I I looked at the stats of the previous day-night test match at Adelaide against South Africa this time last year. It was interesting to see the the effect of uh, the, the twilight and the floodlights. I mean, whether teams try and get through their overs quickly so that they can take a new ball around about sort of seven o'clock at night when the the floodlights are kicking in when twilight is is, is around but the, in fact the stats are from the from that test last winter in Australia say that most wickets actually fell in the in the first session of play 2.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon mainly because I think the new ball was available at that time but actually the, the the fewest amount of runs per wicket was scored in that first session and actually under lights um, in fact South Africa declared their first innings at 259 for 9 at 8.30pm with the idea of an hour at the Australian opening batsman with the new pink ball and they didn't lose any wickets at all Australia they were 14 for none so I don't know it, it, the jury's still out on the effect of floodlights and so on but I think England just must be much more confident of bowling with a pink ball in these slightly cooler conditions. 
Yeah, I suppose it just depends what sort of conditions we're going to have around about twilight tomorrow when the lights take over. If it is going to be overcast and cool, you feel that perhaps the ball might do a little bit more. We, we don't have a big enough sample yet, and the conditions for the two test matches played at Adelaide by Australia in previous years probably better than the ones we're going to have for this test match. I mean, the, the forecast is for it barely to get above 21 degrees for all five days. Mercifully... It's going to be dry. That's the forecast. So we're, we're going to get a full five days. And you would say that you know, there's a very good chance there's going to be a result. So if it's not England, then you know, you're looking at 2-0, two, 2 up with 3 to play. And they, they have to make this count. They show some real fight in the first two and a half days at Brisbane. They got Australia worried. They had their chances and they blew them. 2.46 for 4 209 for seven. They had their opportunities and they couldn't take them. You know, if they've got to start taking them quickly if they're to stay in this series. You just look at the two sides. I was thinking about this today. Australia, you'd say, have got six really good players in their team. And England have got, well, you might say they've got six really good players as well with a few novices and a few unproven players. And the difference often in the situation is just that extra bit of quality, someone like Steve Smith, but also home advantage as well. The reason England struggle out here is because Australia are so good at home. Tradition they have been, and they are just very difficult team to beat at home. South Africa have done it a couple of times. England haven't done it very often. So, you know, if the teams are sort of relatively even, I think Australia probably just ahead, and then you've got home conditions as well. It just shows you how tough it is to win out here. And you do get, you know, you do get all that off-field noise as well that we've experienced this week. And you know, sometimes it's not easy to deal with. I mean. I'm interested to know what you think about you know when you were sledged as a player. How much did it affect you? Well, it didn't really make a lot of difference to bat batting wise because I could probably you know I was going to get out anyway. But uh, I, I well, I, it hardened my resolve actually. I thought sledging was ridiculous, and I never did any as a bowler because I knew that you know it would come back to bite me actually. So I, I think I think it's a sign of weakness to be honest at sledging. But I mean you do. Uh, you pick your victims a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously Shane Warne was famous for, for doing it to people like Daryl Cullinan and, to a lesser extent, Mark Ramprakash. He felt they were fragile characters that he could get under their skin easily, and, and guess it worked. But uh, I don't think, as a, as a whole, it's, it's a particularly good idea, actually, as a bowler, because you've got to go back and, and bowl the next one. And, I, I, you know, so if that goes for four, then your words are completely wasted. So, I, I don't know, I think the whole thing of sledging is a bit pointless, really. And the real tough cricketers, I mean, Joe Root just smiles. Nobody bothers to say anything to him because, yeah, I think it, it, it probably does sort of make him even tougher and more determined to stay in if they bother to say anything to him. Two little positives for England, I suppose, looking ahead. One is that Alistair Cook was faced the pink ball twice, once for Essex and once for England, and he made 193 for Essex and 243 for England. So that will be, uh, in his mind, a, a positive thing to take into this Test match, even though he failed twice in, in Brisbane. And the other thing is, I guess, Moen Ali, although he's got this cut finger, he won't be required to bowl too much in these conditions with England at four-pronged seam attack. So maybe he should be able to get through this test match as well. Yeah, he bowled in the nets today. He didn't bowl in the nets yesterday. England, you'd think, probably going to go with an unchanged team. They've named a 12 with Overton coming into the, the party as well. So he could make his test match debut. I mean, there are those who feel that Jake Ball, you know, the barrage he had at, in the first test match at Brisbane, that it makes it difficult to select him 
for this game. But you, you know, batsmen had two low scores and then a pick for the next game. You feel that with you know with a bowler as well, that perhaps he should be given another chance to show what he can do, especially in these sort of conditions. What is clear is that Australia are going to continue to bomb England's lower order. Uh, Jimmy Anderson yesterday was mentioning the fact that he met, he said to Maria Erasmus at Brisbane, you know, what about this? You know, this, this short pitch bowling, Jake Ball was bowled five bouncers and Murray just said, well, no, let, let's just get on with it. So Anderson said, well, um, you know, I don't quite know what the, the, the law says about the type of bowling we saw at Brisbane. You, you know, you could argue it was intimidatory. You can't, you can't complain about it against the top eight or nine, but perhaps against uh, the last two. Anyway, Anderson said, well, I'm off to the nets now to, to face some of my colleagues who are just going to bank me for the, for the whole session just to prepare for the Test match. That is going to be a feature of this game. Whether England can make more of it here than they did in the last game, because the boundaries square with the wicket are a bit shorter, they could perhaps take on the short ball, remains to be seen. Yeah, good point. Now, the hours of play are obviously a bit strange. 2.30 to 4.30, then I think tea time... At four thirty, the second session, sort of five to seven, then dinner, and then play. I guess finishing about nine thirty at night, which amuses me slightly because I think uh, England have got this curfew now, this midnight curfew. So by the time you've got off the field and done the interviews and had a beer and you know had a shower and maybe an ice bath or whatever you want, it's going to be pushing twelve o'clock before the players get back to the hotel. Well, play could go on until 10 o'clock with the extra half an hour. Just imagine towards the end of the game, or say on the third or fourth day, the team claims the extra half an hour. England will be struggling to get back. It would be like Cinderella after she'd been to the ball. You know, you have to get back before the clock strikes midnight. I mean, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. I mean, it, 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 I mean we, can, you know, we can be facetious about it. Uh, you know, there is a curfew in place. There's not an alcohol ban as such. But, uh, you know, the management, I think, were very unhappy about the, the Bearstow incident and the whole fallout following the, the Bearstow incident. You can, we can debate the, the rights and wrongs of it, for, you know, ad, ad nauseam and, you know, who was to blame. I think Australia exploited the situation pretty well. England allowed a vacuum to occur where they didn't respond quickly enough and that allowed the Australian media to pile in and give us a certain version of events, which was that Bairstow headbutted Cameron Bancroft, which wasn't, you know, wasn't quite the truth, as Cameron Bancroft revealed in his press conference. But yeah, it'd be funny to see the England players rushing over the bridge, over the River Torrance to get back to their hotel. Fortunately, the hotel is not too far away from the ground. Yeah, yeah it sounds an interesting uh, uh, scenario. Right, well, so the play starts 3.30am English time. And we'll end around about 11.30 a.m. in the morning, English time. So the idea is we look forward to the test. We hope England can strike back and that the bowlers and batsmen can do the business. And we'll talk to you after the first day's play around midday English time. Look forward to speaking to you then. Yep, it's now or never for England. Speak to you tomorrow. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.